It's wonderful to see everyone here this morning. I was having a little trouble getting my microphones on. It's wonderful to see everyone here this morning. If you are visiting with us, we want you to know that you are honored guests, and we are very blessed to ha have you with us, and we want to thank you for being here with us. We hope that you find yourself edified in the services and that you, that you find yourself benefited and that you find that you have been uplifted during the services this morning. <clears throat> we are going to be studying a, a topic that I ha have been studying my, myself, a, a, a topic that I, I needed to work on myself and something that I hope that as we go through this study, you'll also maybe get something out of that, out of that study that maybe they, that you see that you need this, this study as well. That as Nathan said, I would like to echo that. It's a wonderful opportunity for us to be together here at the first day of the, of the week for us to have the opportunity to be here with each other as a family, to, to gain that the, the, strength from each other, to have the opportunity to humble ourselves here before God and to worship him in truth and spirit and sing songs of praise unto our God. It's a wonderful time. It's a wonderful opportunity for us to be here this morning. We want to thank everyone for being here as well. I'm going to have all the verses up here on the board. We're going to be reading from the King James Version as well as the New King James Version, but I will have all the verses up here on the board. If you're with us Wednesday night, you might have heard that I said to go read all of Romans chapter 6. We are going to read all of Romans chapter 6, and I did go ahead and have that put up, up here on, on the screen. But if you have a Bible or you have something there that you would like to turn with as we study and read the, 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 the scriptures together, we would encourage you to do so at this time. Before I get into the main topic of our lesson, I, I want us to understand that it's not exactly what you think as soon as the slide pops on. That it's, it's something that has really helped me adjust my attitude. And many of you might be chuckling inside when you hear the word attitude adjustment. I, I want my children to know it's not that type of attitude adjustment. So don't start running for the door. We're not going to be doing those type of things, even though that might come to mind. My dad might be chuckling inside. He administered several attitude adjustments to me when I was younger. But that's not what I'm talking about here this morning. I am talking about adjusting our attitude when it comes to our relationships. And Lord willing, as I get the opportunity to preach on Sunday mornings, beginning with this Sunday morning, it's going to be a three-part study that I want us to look at three different types of relationships that we have while we're here on this earth. And, and I want us to look at each one of those and how we could possibly have a better attitude towards those relationships that we have while we're here on, on this earth. That I want us to have an attitude adjustment for our relationships. And the good thing is we are here this morning. We want to praise God for that. We are here on this earth. We are breathing. We always have the opportunity and the time to make those adjustments in our lives. <clears throat> our relationships, this, and, 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 and like I said, it's going to be a three study on these Sunday mornings when I have the opportunity. The first one is going to be our attitude towards God and Jesus Christ. Can we have an adjustment towards that, towards that relationship? Do we need to have an attitude adjustment when it comes to God and his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? Next time it's going to be attitude towards our brothers and sisters in Christ, the people that are right here in this room, those fellow Christians, those fellow members of the body of Christ. Do we need an attitude adjustment towards those people? As well? And last is going to be our attitude towards those outside the, the body of Christ. What are our responsibilities for these three relationships? What are our obligations for these three relationships? How should our attitude be towards these three relationships? And Lord willing, as I get to the opportunity to preach on Sunday mornings, we'll go through each one of those. But this morning, I want us to focus on an attitude adjustment on our relationship with God, our Father, and His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I found myself as I was studying and I was going through life, so to speak, that I was lazy. I was being lazy. I was being sluggish. I was not doing the things that I felt like I could do, and I felt like I could do more. And maybe you feel like, like, like that this morning, that you're doing stuff, 
You're doing good, but could you do more? And the thing that has helped me out the most is me having that attitude adjustment that, that we are going to talk about this morning. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 11, verse 26, the Bible says, And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Are you a Christian this morning? Do you go around calling yourself a Christian? What does that mean? What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it really mean to be a disciple? What does it really mean to be a servant of Christ? You know, there's many times that I find myself saying, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but could I be a better Christian? Could I be doing more? There's some people that just say that they're a Christian. It's a patch that they want to put on their jacket. Yeah, I'm a Christian. You see my patch? Did you know there's a Christian flag? Isn't that cool? We can have a Christian flag in our front yard. That's what I think people think, that people see that it's just something that they have. It's just another part of their identity when it should be your whole identity. It should be everything that you are. That it's not just a cool flag that you can have in your front yard. That's not just a cool patch you can wear on your jacket, a Christian patch. It should be your life. It should be everything that you are. And I think what's really helping out is we understand what it means to be a Christian with that relationship with God and our relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible says in John chapter 13, verse 13, ye call me master and Lord, and ye say, well, for so I am. Jesus Christ is master. He is Lord. He is king. He is holy. He is far above us in all aspects. That I would encourage you to go back and study all of John chapter chapter 13, especially in preparation for the next lessons. We're going to really study that as well. But is Jesus Christ just our buddy? Have you heard people say that before? I have. Uh, me, me and Jesus Christ, we're, we're tight. He's my homie. We're going to be good. Do you hear people say that? That's not the relationship. That person needs an attitude adjustment. That me and Jesus Christ are good. Me, 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 me and God are going to be all right. And we're going to be fine. We got a relationship. We got an understanding. And we're going to be okay. God is God. Jesus Christ is master. He is Lord. He is king. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. And that word mammon there means riches, means worldly riches. You can't serve God in riches. You can't serve two masters. So I want you to think about this morning where you are in your life, where you are as a Christian in your spiritual life, because guess what? You're serving God or you're not. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and sin. You cannot serve sin and God. You cannot serve Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and serve yourself in a self-seeking manner. You cannot do both. So who is your master this morning? Who are you a servant of this morning? Is it yourself or is it God? Is it the world? Is it other people? Do you have to be the coolest? Do you have to be the, the most popular you have to be that person because guess what? That's not serving God. The Bible says you cannot serve two masters. So this morning, you're serving one or, or the other. It's God or Satan. It's Jesus or yourself. It's righteousness and holiness or sin. Now the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 22 and 23, for he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. 
you were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. I appreciate Nathan singing that song this morning. You probably have your song books marked to the invitation song. Make sure they're marked to the invitation song. But if you go back and look at Make Me a Servant, number 564, if you wanted to do that, look right above that song that we just sang. It says, he who was a free man when he was called is Christ's slave, 1 Corinthians 7.22, what we just read here. What if we sang that song that way? Lord, make me a slave. Make me like you. That's what that word means. If you see this word here, slave, slave, slaves, that's Greek 1401. If you want to go look that up in Strong's, <laughs> Strong's definition, that Greek word means slave. And if you're reading that right now in the King James Version, it's going to say servant. But that word in the Greek means slave. It said you are Christ's slave. You're not Christ's buddy. You're not Christ's homie. You are his slave. Do you see yourself that way? You know, when we talk about slavery, and that's kind of what we're, we're going to be talking about this morning, it's a subject that nobody wants to talk about. I didn't really want to talk about it because of the things that have happened on this earth, the, the history of slavery that this country has, and that slavery is abolished, and we want to thank God for that. That's not the same kind of slavery, but it is slavery. That what I am thankful for is that when we think of slavery, each and every one of us has an idea of what that means. Everybody has an idea what a master-slave relationship was. If you think about that, if the master tells the slave to do something and the, and the slave doesn't do it, what do you think is going to happen? Not good. That we are called as Christ's slaves. And then it says, do not become slaves of men. As we just talked about, you cannot serve two masters. Are you serving men? Are you, have you become a slave of men? Because if you are, you're not a slave of, uh, of Christ. You're not a slave of God. You know, that's what really gave me that attitude adjustment. Not just thinking of myself as, as a servant, but thinking of myself as a slave, a slave for God, a slave for Christ. Because when I think of a servant, I think of, of Alfred, you know, Bruce Wayne's butler. Does anyone you know what I'm talking about? Batman's butler, you know. Sir, he serves him, but he's doing pretty good. He lives in a mansion. Several, he can pick a room if he wants to. That's what I said. But my mental thought of what a slave is is very different than that. And that has helped me to try to become a better slave, a better servant for Christ. Trying to put that in perspective. And it's given me that attitude adjustment. And I hope that it gives you that this morning as well, how we can do better. It is a master and slave relationship. And as, as we go about this, this study this morning, I want us to keep that master-slave relationship in mind because that's how we should be towards God. But guess what? If we're not, we're the same. If, if sin is our master, then guess what? We're sin's slave. If we're self-seeking, then guess what? We're slaves to ourselves. You can only serve one master. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10, the Bible says, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I will not be a bondservant of Christ. And there's that word underlined. Remember, any time that's underlined during this lesson, that's the same Greek word, slave. I will not be a slave of Christ if I still please men. And that's what Paul is saying there in that first chapter of, of Galatians is he's talking to the Galatians and he's saying, you guys, have already far, you guys have already removed yourself from the gospel that I preached unto you. And you're not preaching a different gospel. You're, you're kind of making a, a, a mess of things. And he was kind of shocked that you guys are already preaching another gospel, things that I didn't teach you. He's like, look, I'm not here to please men. Paul said, I am preaching to you the truth. 
and preaching that truth, that's why I'm a slave of Christ. Because if I was here to please men and change the gospel or change things up to make y'all happy, I would not be a slave of Christ. We must not be men pleasers, but God pleasers, pleasing Jesus Christ. John chapter 8 John chapter 8, verses 31 through 34, the Bible says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And, if, and, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants. We have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. So you see, that's the thing. You're either this way or that way. If you recall in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talked about two different ways. There's a broad way that leads to destruction and a straight way that leads to God. This, you can't travel both roads. You cannot serve two masters. And the thing that was the problem with these Jews here is that they didn't recognize that they needed freedom. They're like, we're Abraham's descendants. No, we have been in bondage to anybody. We're not slaves. They didn't recognize that they needed that freedom. Jesus said, guess what? If you guys are committing sin, then you're a slave to sin. And you need the freedom that is in my word, which is truth. That's what Jesus is saying. Do we recognize that we need that freedom? Do we recognize that we need to be free from sin and be a slave towards righteousness? Because that's what it is. You're going from one slavery to the next slavery. That's, that's what you're not, you're not going from one to, to, uh, to the other. In, in that aspect, but if you're committing sin, you're a slave to sin. And Jesus is making them try to recognize that, yes, you do need this. You do need to be freed from your sin. Then you need to become a slave or a servant of God. As I said earlier, you cannot serve two, two masters. And guess what? Everybody in this room is in that state or in that dangerous state. You're serving one or the other, no matter what state you are in life, you can switch masters just like that. The Bible says here in, in Acts chapter 8, and I don't know if you recall, Acts chapter 8 is talking about where Philip went around and Philip was preaching the word of God, Philip as an evangelist there, and that there was one Simon the sorcerer who he, this Simon the sorcerer guy, he used to bewitch the people with sorcery and they all thought that he was some great guy because he was using trickery and, and all those type of things. But then he was touched. He heard the word of God. He heard the gospel that Philip was preaching to him. And guess what? He was baptized and, and saved. So he went from a servant of sin, so to speak, a servant of himself, to a slave or a servant of, of God, of, of Christ. And the Bible says here, but when they believed Philip preaching, this is Acts chapter 8, verse 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon, the guy that we just talked about, himself Simon himself believed also and when he was baptized he continued with Philip and wondered beholding the miracles and signs which are done by him so he was he was saved was he not he was baptized Christian he was a servant then then something happens there he sees Peter coming and Peter is an apostle and Peter's laying his hands on and the miraculous gifts were, were being imparted to people because of Peter being that apostle and Simon saw those things and then Simon said, you know what, I'll give you some money if you, if you give me that power. And Peter tells Simon, who was baptized and is a saved Christian, he tells him in verse 20, but Peter said unto him, speaking to Simon, 
thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right with God. So you see, he was baptized. He was saved. He was a Christian like many of us here this morning. But then something happened. Peter told him that your heart is not right with God. So even if we are saved and we are Christians, can we switch sides? Can we eventually start being a slave of sin and a slave to ourselves? Absolutely. We must continue to have that attitude towards God and his son, Jesus Christ, to not make this mistake. So just because we have been saved, just because we have been baptized, does not mean that we can fall into the other slavery again. But in Acts chapter 8, verse 22, continuing on in that story, Peter tells them, Repent, therefore, of thy wickedness, and pray God, and perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which, have, which ye have spoken come upon me. So there he realized that he said, hey, look, you're not doing good. Your heart is not right. That, that Simon there ended up going, stepping back into that slavery of sin, that slavery of himself, a men pleaser, because that's what he used to be. But the wonderful thing is that Peter says, guess what? You can adjust. You can make an adjustment. You can fix yourself. You know, where I work at hunting, we, we use measuring instruments all, all the time, very precise calipers and micrometers that we have to use. And sometimes those things get, get, get out of whack as well. And what do we have to do? We have to recalibrate them. We have to take them to a machine or a calibration technician. They put them on and they make sure they are measuring correctly so that we can make the correct part. You know, our Christian life is the same. Sometimes we need to be recalibrated. Sometimes we need to have an adjustment because things are going wrong. And that's what's wonderful about God and his word. It says, here's how you can recalibrate yourself. Repent and pray to God. And then Simon takes it a step further to make sure that calibration sticker is good. I'm, do, I'm using work a little too much here. But that way he says, you pray for me as well. That these things won't happen to me. That these things will, will, will be corrected and will be fixed. And then Simon made that adjustment. He made that recalibration. And we can do that too. But we need to understand that we can also fall back into that slavery. That just because we have been saved and we have been baptized does not mean that we not to be on our guard and that we need to make sure we have the, the proper attitude towards God and his son, Jesus Christ. Like I said, Wednesday night, if you're here with us on, 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 on Wednesday night, we, we just finished Romans chapter 3 with, with Aaron, and we are continuing to study the entire book of Romans. And if you're not here with us on Wednesday night, I would encourage you to be here with us on Wednesday night so we can look at those things together, okay? We are jumping ahead this morning. We're supposed to be on, on Romans chapter 4 next week, which we will be. But I asked everybody on Wednesday night if they wanted to or they had the opportunity to go read all of Romans chapter 6. Because we're going to study the whole chapter this morning. Romans chapter 6 really hits home with this type of attitude adjustment. and really makes us understand what, what God has done for us, what Jesus Christ has done for us, and our responsibility with that attitude. So this morning we are going to look at Romans chapter 6. And we're going to be looking at it from the New King James Version. Romans chapter 6, verse 1, the Bible says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us have been baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, 
We were buried with him through baptism and the death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Many times we read these verses and we read this chapter and we're talking about baptism. And rightly so, because this is what it's teaching us. It teaches us that we are saved through baptism, that we are baptized in Jesus Christ. We are dead and buried with him and that we arise to walk in newness of life. So we're going to read more there or as, as, as we just read there. But I want us to understand this phrase here. How shall we who died to sin live any longer therein? What does that mean? As we're talking about our slavery, we need to understand that who our master and Lord is and what our master and Lord has done for us. It's saying there that those who are baptized are dead to sin. And if we're dead to sin, we can't live any longer therein. Why? Because we're dead. (laughs) If a body or a human is dead, they they can't have anything to do with what they were doing previously because they're dead. And that's what I think Romans 6 is teaching here, that when you are baptized, that sin that you were a slave to, because as we read, who commits sin is a slave of your sin, that is put to death. And then you rise to walk in in newness of life. Continuing on in Romans chapter 6, the Bible says... In, in verse 5, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Did y'all see that? That he says that the body of sin might, might be, be done away with because that's been crucified. If you come to Jesus Christ, he will fix all those things. And it says here that those that have been in Christ, that have been baptized into Christ, that sin that you were a slave to, that body, that person that was a slave to sin is gone because it's dead. He who is dead is freed from sin. Why? Because that sinful person is dead. It's gone away. And that's how we should remember what God has done for us in, the, in that aspect, that that old man that was a sinful slave is dead. And we have a rise to walk in newness of life. Romans chapter 6, verse 8, the Bible says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also, that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives for God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our our Lord. So it's saying the exact same thing. He kind of repeats this a little bit as he goes through this chapter. And because he's repeating these things, because it's important for us to understand these things. That, that he, he, he says that Christ is dead, but we believe that he is risen. And death no longer has dominion over him. And then it says, likewise, you also reckon, and I really like the word reckon, because us in Texas understand what reckon means. Well, we reckon that if we were dead, indeed to sin, correct, that now we are alive to God. Now we are a slave to God. See that? The person that committed sin, that was a slave to sin, is now dead. And now the person that is arisen is someone who's not a slave of sin. It is someone who is a slave of God, is alive in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Continuing on in Romans chapter 6, verse 12, the Bible says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to sin. To God, 
For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Here is that master-slave relationship again. Even though we are talking about how we should be slaves to our master, which is God and his son, Jesus Christ, Romans here says, now listen, pay attention, because it says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Do we understand what the word reign means, right? It's someone over. It's like a king or a master. And it says, if you let sin be your master again, you're going to have to uh, obey it. Why? Because you can't serve two masters. If you are in sin and you are letting sin reign, have rule over your mortal bodies, guess what? You have no option. You will obey that lust. You will obey that sin because you're its slave. You say, we need to understand that and present yourselves as members of, uh, as instruments of righteousness and not as instruments of sin. Where it says there, for sins do not have, have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, under grace. If you go back and look as, as, as we study Romans, you're going to see a lot of this Jew and Greek. You're going to see a lot of law and, and not law and all, all, all these things. And we're not going to study that this morning. But if you want to understand that more, I encourage you to be here with us on Wednesday night. And we will be breaking those things down and studying those things when it concerns the law and how we're not under the law of Moses, but we are under Christ. Because here in Romans chapter 6, verse 15, the Bible says, What then shall we sin because we are, are not under the law, but under grace? Certainly not. It says, Don't sin. That's the, the plain thing of that verse there. Don't sin. Verse 16 says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are the one slaves whom you obey, whether a sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that through you, though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. As again, all those slaves that are underlined there is that Greek word, 1401, it means slave. And the Bible here says, do you not know that whoever you present yourselves as slaves to obey, that's who you're going to obey. If we present ourselves today as we leave this place as a slave of sin, guess what? That's your master. That's who you're going to obey because you can't serve two masters. It said, but if you present yourselves as slaves of God, then you will be a slave of God. And the other thing there that's, that's talked about is obedience. You know, when I think of a slave, I think of obedience. I don't know, I know about y'all. I think of someone who is obeying their master. Their master has given them something to do, a task to do. The slave goes and does it. That's what the servant does. That's what the slave does. It says there, but God be thanked that through you, though you were slaves of sin, you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. What was that form of doctrine? It's the gospel. It's the gospel. It's Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. If you obey those things through baptism, like we talked about just a few minutes ago in the first of this chapter, that's that form of doctrine. If you obey that form of doctrine, then guess what? You're not a slave to sin anymore, and we want to praise God for that. Because without that opportunity, without that access, without Christ coming and dying for us, we would have no option but to be slaves of sin for the rest of our lives. But God be thanked. We want to thank God that he has given us that form of doctrine that we can obey from the heart, that we can get out of that slavery of sin and become a slave of God. Romans chapter 6, verse 18, the Bible says, Now having been set free from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you present your members as slaves of uncleanliness and lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. 
For when you were slaves of sin, you were freed in regard to righteousness. So we are still talking about this. Paul is still making sure that this drives home, and I hope it drives home for us this morning, that he says here that those that have been set free from sin are now slaves of righteousness. Then, then it says, just as, as, you, as you present yourselves members as slaves of uncleanliness and lawlessness, which leads to more lawlessness, what does that mean? Just as an extra side note, you know, if you commit sin, guess what that leads to? More sin. Why? Because you're a slave of sin. You will obey those lusts. You will obey that sin. It said, but now you present yourselves slaves of righteousness and holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So what does that mean? That verse gave me some trouble. Verse 20 says that when you were slaves of sin, you were freed in regard to righteousness. That means that when you were a slave to sin, you cannot be righteous. You can't have, you are free from righteousness because you are a slave of sin. You can't get there. You cannot be a slave or a servant of sin or Satan or self-seeking and then be righteous. You have to change allegiance, so to speak. You have to repent and turn from this slavery to this slavery. You know, Romans chapter 6, uh, uh, closing out this chapter, the Bible says, what fruit did you have then in the things of which you were now, or which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is, is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit in holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 22 there says, But now, having been set free from sin and have becoming slaves of God, you have your fruit in holiness and the end everlasting life. Because it's saying there in verse 21, the, the fruits of those things you're ashamed of, if you feel that way this morning or if you felt that way in your life, that's normal. If you are ashamed of those fruits that when you were a slave of sin, that's how it's supposed to work. That now you are ashamed of those things, well, now you have your fruit in holiness and everlasting life because Jesus Christ came to this earth and died so that we could be free from that slavery of sin and become a slave of God. Now, if you notice, I made that slave a little bit bigger. That's actually Greek 1402. It's derived from the same word as Greek 1401, but it means slightly different. That means that you are enslaved. He says, see, you are becoming a slave. You have enslaved yourself because you have obeyed God. That's what that means. This is not the kind of slavery that we know on this earth. It's a voluntary slavery because we want to be slaves of God. If you are a slave of God, then you'll be doing that righteousness and you'll be doing those things that you need to do. And when I started studying those things, that's that attitude adjustment I had, that my relationship with God was not correct. I didn't see myself as God's slave. I didn't see myself as Jesus Christ's slave. I saw myself as a Christian. I might have had my patch on, I saw myself as a servant, as a butler, butlering around, but I wasn't a slave. God is God. He is holy. Jesus Christ is master and king and Lord, and we should do his bidding, and we should be those slaves. Speaking of Jesus Christ, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, the Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. If you want to have an example of how you should live your life and what kind of proper attitude you should have towards the Father, look at Jesus Christ because he had the proper attitude. His attitude needed no adjustment. 
He knew who he was and he knew who God was. And it says here that he was with God and thought it not robbery to equal with God, but he took upon him the form of a bondservant. Jesus took upon the form of a bondservant. That's underlined. That's Greek 1401, that slave. That he was with God and came to this earth as a slave to do the master's bidding. And by doing that, he was not only a slave to God, he was almost a slave and a servant to everybody on earth. And by doing those things and being obedient unto the point of death, he has now been exalted and sitting on the right hand of God right now. That's the example that we should have there. That Jesus Christ came down and took upon the form of what we should be right now. A servant, a bondservant, a slave of the master. And he was obedient and he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9, the Bible says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name as above every name. Verse 10, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those things in heaven and those things on earth and those things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Jesus Christ has now been exalted. Why? Because he humbled himself and became a bondservant and did the master's bidding. That's what we should, should, should do. Do we want to be exalted in due time as well? That's what the Bible tells us in First Peter chapter 5, verse 6. The Bible says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Why is he going to exalt you in due time? Because you're a bondservant. You have humbled yourself and became obedient, just like Jesus Christ, who was the example for us. That, I, that I'm hoping that as we study these things, we get that attitude uh, adjustment as well, that we make that relationship with God exactly what it should be. And we are children of God, absolutely. God is our father, and that we are his servants, but we're also his slaves. And we should, that word, that definition has really helped me understand how I should have and how I should act with God. I thank Riley for, for, for reading Psalms 100. Psalms 100, as Riley read this morning, says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord is God, that, he is, that, that it is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endure to all generations. Brothers and sisters, we should want to be the slaves of God. We should serve God with gladness, with singing, with all these things because we are the sheep of his pasture. We are the servants of his pasture. He has done everything for us and we should be expected to do everything for him as well. Make your Christianity, make your spiritual life, make your servitude, make your slavery, everything that you are and everything that you have because God deserves it. God deserves, he is worthy of our worship, he is worthy of our praise, and he is worthy of our servitude. So as the psalm says here, serve the Lord with gladness, with singing, with everything that you have. In closing here, I want us to look at Matthew chapter 25, verse 20 and 21. If you recall this parable, it's the parable of the talents, where there was a master, right? And the master gave his servants talents. And, those, and, and, and two of them did what they were supposed to, and one of them did not. We just want to focus on the good this morning. We want to focus on how can we be that slave and that servant of Christ that gets to hear these words. That in Matthew chapter 25, verse 20, the Bible says, And so that he had received, so he that had received five talents came and brought 
other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. He said, I have done the work. You give me these talents. You give me these things to do. You give me this money. I've made more. I've been your servant. I've been your slave. I have been everything that you wanted me to be. And that person gets to hear these words. His Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. There it is again. One more. Underline. Servant. Slave. He said, you have been a faithful slave. You have been a faithful servant over these few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Do you want to hear those words? Enter into the joy of, of thy Lord. Then if you do, then make it everything that you have. Be Christ's servant. Be Christ's slave. Make that your all and all. This morning, if you are not a child of God, this morning, if you are not a servant, or perhaps your servitude has been lacking, I understand completely that, there were, that, that I needed that attitude adjustment. I was not doing the things that I thought that I should be doing. And, that, and that's okay. As I talked about at the beginning of this lesson, we're still sitting here in this room. We are breathing air. We have time to make an adjustment and make a calibration. We can fix those things in our lives, just like Peter told Simon. Repent and pray unto God. If you are not at all a servant or if you're not at all a slave of Christ, then we have this water here that we could baptize you. As we read in Romans chapter 6, that those who are baptized in his death, death are baptized into Christ and are raised to walk in newness of life. If you want that, if you want to start your servitude, if you want to start being that servant for Christ this morning, we have water here and we are prepared to assist you and help you with that. That if you are one of either one, we ask that you would please come sit on, the, on, the, on this front row and make your wishes known as we stand and sing. Jesus falleth tenderly upon your ear. Sweet <coughs> cry of love and pity call.